Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson and Barton Simmons. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. It's a mailbag Monday. I'm Chip Patterson, joined by... Barton Simmons, Tom Fernelli, gentlemen, we and remember, uh, we want you to be involved with this show. The way that you do it, you go to the Cover 3 podcast page, you leave a five-star review and add your question. That lets us know what you would like to have answered. It can be uh, all over the board. It can be specific about your favorite team. It can be big picture about college football, college football history, or it could be about which mascots would be better in a battle royale or something similar because we've also had those and we like those. So gentlemen, uh, also we did food, I guess, last Monday, right? The food. Uh, how are we feeling? Yes. Uh, I'm feeling terrific. I like I'm that. pretty good. Yeah, I feel pretty good over here. Good uh, good batch of questions so far. We will try to get to uh, as many as we can over in, uh, in, in the time that we have allotted for today. If it doesn't get answered or if it hasn't, don't worry. They have all been accounted for and they will be used. Uh, we will keep using them as long as you keep providing them. So uh, to kick off this, uh, to kick off this Mailbag Monday, this question is from Andrew McPhail. And Andrew asks... If Barton coaches the defense, Tom is the offensive play caller, and Chip is the head coach, and we're at Alabama, how many games would we win? Is this the Andy McPhail that used to be a baseball general manager? He's He might be a diehard listener, yes. Wow. <clears throat> uh, I don't think we would win very many because I don't know if I would flourish as an offensive play caller. Mm. What are you, do, do you need to shuffle the duties here? Are you more comfortable in the? Is this a roundabout way of saying you're more comfortable in the head coach chair? No, you need, you need to be. You need to be uh, our I, superior. I mean, I think I could coordinate an offense if I if I gave myself. You don't have to draw the plays. The question was, you're just calling. So you don't have to. You're not doing the game planning, scheming during the week. You just have to call all the plays on game day shout oh, out yeah, to, shout out to mike loxley and josh gaddis's beef if we're talking about the game week for out yeah and this is this is this is gaddis loxley beef week this is i mean and in in don't they play each other this week yeah i i am at alabama so i do have at least 70 interns working for me right true yeah no i think i mean if if we have alabama's talent I think we could probably get to a bowl at a minimum. Wow, you like this is there's not a lot of faith in your I don't know whether it's in yourself or the want, coaches around you. I don't want the rat poison, Barton. I'm trying to keep the team. You know. What do you what do you think, head coach Chip? Oh, 13 and 0. Uh 
and then one of you two leaves to take a head coaching job and we lose in the bowl game and I blame it on y'all. <laughs> <laughs> We're 13 and 0 SEC champs. Uh, everything's going well. And then just like into 2014 season, we no show in the college football playoff semifinals. And I blame it on everybody who was already thinking about their NFL draft stock or what next job they were going to take. I started talking about how these guys spent more time putting together their resumes than putting together the game plan for Ohio state. So, uh, 13 and one college football playoff participants. I'm just trying to figure out what kind of offense I'd be running. What do you think, Martin? I think we'd be nine. I think we go nine and three. Okay. I think, Hey, we're not look, if I have to go in there and draw up the defensive game plan every week, I think we're in trouble. If, I still got Pete Golding doing the prep work and and drawing up the game plan, and I just got to go out there and call some plays. And if uh, if if Sark is there for you, Tom, he's he's actually doing the game week prep, and all you got to do is call the plays. I think Alabama's that talented, where it's not like the play calling is. Hey, listen to Josh Gad. Apparently, the play calling is just sort of he, you know, you'll get your suggestions. Josh Gaddis made suggestions last week, year. It sounds like and. Uh, did a lot of work on the game planning and felt like that was most of the work anyways. I, I will say this. I am staring at a copy of the AFCA's offensive football strategies. I also just got in the mail a couple days ago the great football scouting methods by Steve, methods mm. by Steve Belichick. Mm-hmm. So you give me a couple days. I'll, I'll I'll put together a game plan here. I just got to do some reading real quick. I'm definitely the uh, the Dabo head coach in this situation since both y'all have way more competitive football experience than I do. I was just a, a real estate salesman coming off the street as a recruiting coordinator. Maybe I coached special teams at my previous stop. So I'm big time snake oil salesman, con artist, recruiter, using a lot of coaching uh, phrases and to motivate everyone. We're getting real campy in this program. Yeah, you just gotta be. You just gotta keep the psyche on point. Yeah. Our, uh, master, shout out to Urban Meyer, master motivator. That's right. Yeah. Chips out here selling T-shirts. Barton and I are coaching up the team. Um, I no, I'm making our case at nine and three for inclusion in the college football playoff. <laughs> you look at our three losses. They're the best losses in the country. Um, all right, well, let's uh, let, let's go. We've got a Georgia-Florida cocktail party coming up later this weekend, and I'm sure we'll be spending some more time previewing that, but uh, I wanted to hit a few of these uh, Georgia-related questions because uh, they're on deck. All right, what type of offensive coordinator could make Georgia and all that talent on offense score 40-plus every game? Bama has done it. Why can't the dogs? And it... Uh, CL Mo. I'm just going to guess that my man is his initials are CL and he's from Missouri. But uh so I guess I'll, I'll start with you Barton. Do you believe that Georgia does have that kind of uh ceiling or there is that that pitfall and I guess you could say he said Bama has done it. We could also add LSU has done it. So what type of offensive coordinator could make Georgia and all that talent score 40 plus a game? Well, I I I, I approach this cuz I I kind of like questions like this i like um i like sort of breaking down and dissecting coaching assistant coaches coordinators and so i thought about for a little bit and i i want to approach this question acknowledging that kirby smart has a 
offensive philosophy that he wants to instill. So I'm not just going to say like, oh, you just should have hired whoever the hot air raid guy is or go full on spread. I mean, this is this is a fundamental philosophy that Kirby Smart clearly has that he wants to stick to to some degree and and keep this team uh, kind of old school to a certain degree and physical. So I came up with, I thought, I think four names that would, would be, would have been, could be in the future, uh, strong hires that would, I think, do the job. One was right down the road last year. I think Andy Ludwig, who's now the offensive coordinator at Utah, who was the offensive coordinator at Vanderbilt, and who, frankly, I bet you a lot of Vanderbilt fans aren't like, overwhelmingly positive about but I think that a lot of those Vandy fans are a little bit um, aren't being realistic with what the challenges are at Vanderbilt and what he accomplished and what he did but he is he's he's physical he's creative he's uh, Utah's certainly have having a big year right now uh, I think that he would get the job done he's got a background at Wisconsin I think um I think his Wisconsin era was maybe Melvin Gordon. Um, either way, he, he's done it at every stop, and he's done it. He's always had strong run games. So I, I think he would be really interesting at Georgia. Uh, I think this year, if Steve Adazio loses his job at Boston College, that could be a really interesting fit. Uh, offensive line, aficionado, old school dude who would – who has evolved a little bit. Yeah, he's open-minded to picking up the pace. I mean, we saw BC running no huddle for a hot minute till they couldn't afford to anymore because of their defense. Yep. Yeah, they're like one of the, the fastest-paced teams in the country, um, even as sort of a run-heavy offense. Uh, and two more. I think what Eddie Grant has done at Kentucky is really impressive. The... I mean, look at the, look at all the different ways they've had to win. Different type of quarterbacks. Uh, right now, they're doing it with a wildcat quarterback. Basically, they're physical. Their offensive line is always really good. Uh, I think I, I think he has quietly been sort of a star over the last few years. And then the last one, which is a little bit off the off the radar, Eric Eidsness. I don't know if I said that name right or not, but he's at Northern Illinois, and he was at South Dakota State before that. And Northern Illinois are. I haven't watched Northern Illinois this year, but I know that South Dakota State was a really like physical, successful football team, and Northern Illinois has seen pretty dramatic offensive improvement this year. So, those are my four Georgia offensive coordinators that they should have or should look at in the future. I I don't have specific coaches or schemes, but in a in a one way I think that you could approach Georgia scoring more points is if the defense was better because so far this year, Georgia has forced nine turnovers, which ranks 92nd in the country. And that's the thing. Like when, even when Alabama was still playing the kind of offense that Kirby prefers and that Georgia's playing now, it was scoring, you know, 39, 40 points per game because it's defense kept putting its offense in great position, great field position by turning the ball over. Hell, the defense we saw scored for touchdowns. Years, we're scoring yeah. touchdowns. Yeah. 
And that's something that Georgia isn't doing. I think if its defense were forcing more turnovers, getting a little more aggressive and giving it some better field position, Georgia's offense, as far as the points per game, might look a whole lot better. But I, I do think that, yes, they could. I think they could afford to make some changes in their play calling and what they do. But at the same time, it's kind of like what you said at the start, Barton. It's Kirby's running the kind of offense he wants to run. He's probably going to hire an offensive coordinator that fits more in his style of what he wants to run, unless it's a situation where, you know, we've seen with LSU where it kept butting its head on the ceiling and realized, okay, it's finally got to make a change. If that keeps happening to Georgia, maybe they make that change and maybe that time is approaching sooner than we think. It's just, I don't think they're that far off from being a team that could score 40 points per game. I think the Georgia team uh, that made the playoff, made the national championship game could score 40 points a game. I think last year's team, last year's team averaged 38 points per game and they weren't hitting 40, but I mean, they put uh, 38 on Tennessee. They put 36 on Florida, 34 on Kentucky, uh, 45 on Georgia Tech. I I wonder, I wonder if the, uh, the offensive coordinator that could get you scoring 40 points a game just happens to be at Tennessee right now. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, I think that this team, from the coordinator position, I think this is this season has been proven to be a, a, a bit of a downgrade. Yeah, and we talked about that heading into the year, um, and and how that that was was that going to matter, and that potentially it was going to matter, and I think that's I think that's fair to say, um, but but now you got to find an alternative to because you're not getting Cheney back. I guess maybe you could. <laughs> but I don't see that happening. Oh. I think maybe, you know, you've got an NFL QB, maybe trust him more too. Mm. Um okay, let's let's get these these two are sort of in the same line. Um I just I, I needed to just read this because it's just such a, a a middle like a a, a stream of thought from HNT two fifty four who said is Kirby just copying Saban by losing to South Carolina? Is LSU setting itself up for a soul-crushing loss in Tuscaloosa? Is Gus keeping Gatewood on the bench to ruin my Thanksgiving? Will Bovada give me a refund on my Oregon State win total if I show customer service my ticket? <laughs> I, I don't understand the Oregon State part. Yeah, what side did you bet? I don't. Yeah. I don't know. It was just that was a, that was a, it was an emotional moment when HNT two fifty four decided to fill out the uh, the question portion. Uh, and then will Kirby smart ever be as good of a coach as he is a recruiter from TRG lover? I think Kirby smarts a pretty good coach. Yeah. Okay. I just don't think they've won the sec yet because they play in the sec and it's hard to win the sec. Yeah. I don't guess what? Only one team can win it. There's a lot of good teams. It's hard. Uh, and it's actually, no, it's literally in the byline, the, in the bylaws. The only team that can win it is Alabama. Sorry. It's uh, a league rule. Though, uh, don't forget, Georgia did actually win the SEC championship in 2017. Oh, shit. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Georgia made the playoff and everything. Yeah. No, I mean, they won the first half of the national championship game. 13-0. Killer shutout. So, can I ask you guys this, though? If if Georgia goes 9-3 and this year, which is very much possible. possible, could lose to Florida, could lose to Auburn, Assuming they don't lose anyone else, it, does that? Do you start to to view Kirby differently, or are you do you allow the occasional nine win season 
um, or or is do you, are your standards too high to keep him in the same tier he's currently in and, and still dip to nine and three? I will allow a nine win season once in a while. I don't know if Georgia fans will. I mean, they they allowed a few of them for a while with Mark Richt, and then they got kind of tired of them, and that's why Kirby's there. But I'm I'm willing to allow it. I mean, unless you've reached the top and you are the contending national title team every year, that's you know what. Like, I don't think I would allow it. Well, that's kind of weird to say because I would allow it. It's not like I would fire Dab or Saban if they won only nine games, but I would. It would raise my eyebrow a lot higher if those teams only won nine games than it would if Georgia does. How about this? I, I, I presented this on our Facebook show um, for 24-7 last week. Tell me what you guys agree or disagree. Jake Fromm will be back for his senior season next year. Partially, it's because this is going to be I, – I, I, right now I think they'll lose to – I mean, I don't know. I haven't even looked at this. They I, they might go nine and three. Like, I don't even think that's that much of a stretch. Uh, right now, I think Florida has looked like the more complete football team, and I think Auburn on the road is a pretty scary game. So, I think this is going to be a little bit of a disappointing year. I think this is going to be a a uh, I mean, certainly a, a a bit of a disappointing year for Jake Fromm by the end of it. And so, in some ways, that could be a best. Not a best case, but a, 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 a silver lining scenario. A recipe for a recipe for a return. Where he comes back to get into the to, to, to ensure a first round grade and that is a better equipped team to win a national title next year with Jake Fromm back. If Jake Fromm's not back, then that's that's a that's a little bit of a troubling quarterback situation, uh, barring a quick fix somewhere. But I just think that's that suddenly as the season progresses, that, that feels like more in the cards. But if if he does come back, is he in an offense that's going to prove that he's a first round pick yet? Because my thing was, if, if you can go, if you're going to get drafted, I mean, some guys, yeah, come back. But if I'm from, I feel like he's going to be a third round pick at the latest, just even in this QB class. So I don't know. There's a part of me that's like, I understand maybe the desire to come back and maybe win a conference title, get to the playoff again, and maybe become a first-round pick and all that guaranteed money. But at the same time, there's the other side of the argument that says, don't put more on tape. Don't give them more things to pick apart. So I don't know. I I, I don't know if coming back for another season in Georgia, unless they change to like more of a spread air raid kind of offense, is going to do a whole much for his draft stock just based on what we see them like the kind of, I don't want to call them restraints, but it's just, they don't want them doing too much because their philosophy is to run the ball and win with defense more than anything. So it's not like they've got from firing, you know, 30 yard passes all over the field. So I, I, I don't know how much his stock would raise with another season. Well, does not from strike you as the kind of kid he does to me anyways, that, uh, I mean, his family's got money. He's, he's, I could just see him being like, you know what? We got some unfinished business. He, the NFL's the NFL's going to be there. Let me go. Let me come back. See if we can win a national title. I'm with you. I I, I understand. I but I don't agree. My response to your question is I I believe Jake Fromm will go, and the reason isn't about what's ahead. It's just that he's played so much football. I mean, he has been 
the starter yeah. for Georgia for a lot of games and a lot of tough yeah. games and a lot of big games. If I am Jake from, you know, no, finish nine and three, finish 11 and one or 11 and two, like no matter how it goes, I think that I could look back at these three seasons, which have included reaching the national championship game and winning an SEC championship, nearly beating Bama last year. Like he can look back and be like, that is a full and fruitful college football career. Now it's time to go pro. I also think Fromm's one of the dudes that once he starts getting into the workouts and the, the interview process in the draft, I think his stock's going to climb. Hell yeah. Definitely. When he gets in there and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because wasn't he awesome in in the, the camp setting, Barton? In just in terms of just sort of that, uh, we you've talked about it, and then we've had um, you know Elite Eleven organizers come on this podcast and talk about it. Where it's like there is a little bit of an an it factor that comes out when you get all those quarterbacks together, and Jake Fromm has it. Oh uh, yeah, no, he's got intangibles out the uh, wazoo. Uh, he's he's a guy. I mean, realistically. I bet you by the end of this year, he's the type of guy that's got a third-round grade by over half the NFL, but there's like three teams that fall so much in love with his intangibles and interview process that he'll he'll be a first-round guy. That's kind of the way I see him right now. What if Jake Fromm falls to the second round, which is where the Bears have two draft picks and no first-round picks in the Bears draft? Huh? Huh? What about that, guys? You tell me. Is that what you want? God, yeah, I'm ready to move on. <laughs> you, you've had it with so you Mitch feel, God? So you would, you would feel good with Fromm being your franchise, the future of your franchise? Uh, assuming the Bears can't put together their like remaining three draft picks to move up to the first round. Yeah, I'd be very happy with Fromm in the second round. All right. Uh, J5694 asks... Which one of the Florida teams, and he's talking about the Power 5 Florida teams, he mentions Miami, Florida, and Florida State, will win their conference first? Well, I would say Florida's got the best chance this year, but I don't think they're going to win it. Uh, I'll go with... Jeez. I'll go with Florida State. I, I That's kind of where my initial instinct was but it's like man florida state's got to get through clemson and i don't know if that's really something i could see but then at the same time miami would have to get through clemson but florida's gonna have to get through alabama lsu auburn georgia so it's like wow this is not it could be a while for all three yeah yeah, yeah. that's the other thing is i think it's florida state because i think that we might have a five-year window here where it's like uh, Florida State might be the one, but it might not be until 2024. I, I think you guys are overthinking this. Why can't this be Florida? I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying this year. I'm just saying uh, there's there's one team of the three that very clearly, without question, has a, a good coach. Now, Manny Diaz might be a good coach. Willie Taggart might still progress into the coach that he progressed into at USF in Western Kentucky. Um, but it's clear that Dan Bullen is capable from a coaching side. And they are not that far away from a talent side. They So I, I think I, I think I mean, there's, there's only one that I fully trust right now, and it's Florida. 
Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. I'd, I'd pick Florida. It's huh? just, I mean, also because if you think it's LSU, looks like it's going to be pretty good for a while, at least based on what they're doing this year. Texas A&M might be on the come up, but we were just talking about Georgia might be a nine-win team this year, and they might lose Jake Fromm to the Chicago Bears. So we don't know what Georgia's going to look like. So maybe that's an obstacle that's you know easier to get past for the Gators. Nick Saban's not getting any younger. I mean, I don't know. Unless like Saban retires, Dabo leaves Clemson and takes over to Alabama, then maybe the path gets easier for Florida State and Miami. But I think I think I would go with Florida as the most likely to win one first. And like I don't I, I think for Florida State and Miami, there has to be some sort of cycle down from Clemson for me to for it to sound reasonable for me. I don't think it has to, you have to have LSU or Georgia or Alabama to cycle down for Florida. I think you could you could conceive of a Florida cycle up and they're in the midst of it. Now their recruiting isn't like off the charts right now, but I I just Mullen can develop, he can evaluate and they're going to have good teams. And so I, I I think a cycle up season for Florida is much more likely than cycle up and cycle down combination of Miami, Florida State versus Clemson. Florida State last won uh, the ACC in 2014. Florida last won the SEC in 2008. Uh, I, I, I think Florida can be. Florida is close. Florida is absolutely close. And and uh, that's. I mean, I'm just hating on the Gators right now, guys. I gotta <sighs> let you know. I'm Gator just, hater. I am a Gator hater right now. S&P Plus and Sagarin both have that team outside of the top 12. They're fake number seven. Yeah, I mean, I, I, but that's, again, I, I don't think it's about that. I think it's about, they're, like, we're sitting here saying number 12. I mean, what would what would Florida State Miami do to be 12 in the, S, in the S&P or in the Sagarin? True. It'd kill to be that. True, 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 true. If Florida is in a healthy, healthy spot. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I I just I'm happy that you admitted that you hate Florida because there was that one person that tweeted us over the weekend that wants us to just admit that we hate Georgia. We hate all Chip, of your teams. Chip hates both, but yeah. he's, he hopes you both lose this weekend. Yeah, I'm I'm watching every second of the cocktail party, hoping both teams punt. Whoa, whoa! Don't call it the cocktail party, bro. Mm, sorry. Ooh. Wow. Yee. Yee. FCC is going to be all over us. <laughs> Coming up on the other side, more of your questions and our answers next. New CBS Monday. NCIS. Here's where we can see them. NCIS and NCIS Hawaii return with all new cases. Double tap to the chest, one to the head. These guys are professionals. All new criminals. Finally, not letting the gut here. Walking to paradise. And all new crimes to be solved. If you're watching this, I've been arrested. What are the charges? Just one. Murder. New NCIS and NCIS Hawaii, Monday, starting at 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews or coverage of all the biggest stories in the nba our new show is the place to be five days a week download and follow beyond the arc on apple podcasts spotify and wherever you get your favorite podcasts 
love uh got a couple questions along this same line so uh i'm I'm looking forward to it first william stevenson asks if you could relegate one power five school from each conference and replace them with a group of five school who would you choose and then uh schs 73 followed up about 10 days later uh, with a, a similar question about just you know moving some schools around taking a group of five schools switching it out with the power five um so let's 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 sink our teeth into this one. Where so, do do you want to like tie them together? I guess it gets a little bit tricky with Conference USA and Sun Belt, ACC, SEC kind of occupy the same space. But I mean, you got to go Big Ten and the MAC. You can go Pac twelve and uh, the Mountain West. Yeah, I did. I I did ACC, CUSA. Okay. Pac twelve, Mountain West, Big Ten, MAC. SEC, AAC, Big Twelve, Sun Belt. That's that's that was the those were the pairings that I felt were most uh, made the most sense. See, I just kicked out one Power Five team from each conference and picked a G Five team that made sense. Four of mine are from the AAC. <laughs> so yours was like a truly it was a meritocracy. I didn't do like an actual relegation promotion system, although I have written one that I think is far superior. All right. these ideas but I, I so clearly this is never gonna happen a relegation system is never gonna happen because or just the way well hey if you can if you can scheme up a way where people are motivated the the powers that be are motivated to I have uh, I will email age, it to you I wrote this it would, years ago this would incentivize that would incentivize the actual conferences and the and the and the power five teams to Mm-hmm. I have. I will send right. it to you. Well, good. Because I would love this. I, I, I love this exercise. I think it would make college football so cool. I'm not a, I'm not a soccer guy. I'm not a, I'm not a football guy. <laughs> but I love the, the concept of relegation. So I, I, I and the way I, I've, I've thought of it too, in terms of the teams that should go out, like, like relegated down, was almost like a, a trailing two years you could even make it maybe a trailing three years but like you shouldn't be penalized you shouldn't be relegated based on one down year you might have had injuries you might have been young you might who knows so it was sort of i, I you kind of had to earn getting bumped down and same thing for getting bumped up so i i have mine okay go yeah. for it all right acc georgia tech Sorry, uh, Jeff Collins. You came, didn't do enough this year. Came in just in time to get bumped down to the CUSA. UAB bumped up. Mm. Pac, Pac 12, Colorado, same thing. Mel Tucker, sorry. You're not getting it done. Colorado out, Boise State up. Big 10, Rutgers obviously out. Get Toledo, out. Toledo up. SEC. Arkansas edges out Vandy to 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 head down with UCF coming in. Talk about that as a little juice to the to the uh, SEC West. That'd be pretty fun. And then Big Twelve, sorry Kansas out, App State in. App State commit mix up mix things up as well. But those are, I would say, obviously Boise, UCF, and App State are the best equipped to actually win some games. But like I, I think that would be. St- awesome to create that environment where there's that incentive to not to get not to be last and not and, and to be first 
We would would need to break all of the conference media rights deals so they're now school by school. But if we do that, we can make this happen. Oh, I got my plan covers all of this, Chip. Um, If I I approach this not from a performance perspective as much as a kind of like a realignment conference health perspective. Uh, I'll start with the ACC where I really didn't find a team that I thought was like an obvious choice to get rid of, which is both good and bad. Cause it's like, well, nobody's bad enough, but at the same time, not everybody's good enough to make somebody bad enough and an obvious choice. So in the end, I'm sorry, wake. I know you're ranked right now, but you're a tiny little private school. Oh, I, I don't, I, I, this is, I am sick about the direction of this. I, I, I'm not happy with where this is going. Wait, you're <laughs> gone. Listen, you're having a good season now, but let's look at the overall history and judge you based on that. I have replaced Wake Forest with UCF. Bang. Uh, in the Big 12, not performance-based, just fit-based because it's never really made that much sense to me. Sorry, West Virginia. <laughs> you're out of the Big 12 again, and you've been replaced with Houston. Uh, in the Big Ten, Rutgers, get the hell out of my Big Ten, and you're replaced with Cincinnati. Pac-12, Colorado, I love you, but you're not a Pac-12 school. You've never been a Pac-12 school. You should still be in the Big Eight where you belong. I'm replacing you with Boise State. And the SEC, Barton, I'm sorry, but you no longer live in an SEC city. But Tennessee does get to keep two SEC teams because I'm replacing Vandy with Memphis. Mm. So you're just realigning conferences. Then. Yes. Like you're. This is. This has nothing to do with earning your way in, or oh, it has to do with earning in, I guess. He's, but it has they, nothing to do with earning was, your way out. The question was if you could re- relegate one school from each conference. It, didn't, it wasn't necessarily a relegation system. So I, mean, what, I. What What is your What is your problem with Wake Forest? You know, they they Wake Forest has actually won the ACC before, haven't they? Oh yeah, two thousand eight. Yeah, so it's relatively so is Georgia Tech. In fact, Georgia well, Tech beat Wake in an ACC but, title game. Punk. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 uh, I uh, this is this just it's prejudice against private schools. Uh, <laughs> greatest ACC championship of all time: Georgia Tech versus Wake Forest. Oh my God! ESPN reporting Jeff Fisher is a potential target for Vanderbilt. That would be amazing. Jeff Fisher put that out himself. I guarantee it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, Derek Mason ain't even been fired. They just won. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, Vandy is out uh, for my relegation system, and they will be replaced in the SEC East by UCF so that we can get that Florida UCF annually. Uh, should be real tasty. I've got Appalachian State. Though I like the idea of Big 12 because then it becomes a natural travel partner for West Virginia. Uh, I'm actually going to take them to the ACC, specifically the ACC Coastal. So App State to the ACC, replacing Georgia Tech. Now, I've got the Big 10 losing New York's football team in Rutgers. We're kicking out Rutgers. But that New York presence... Uh, that is still going to be represented on Jim Delaney's map because I am taking the Army Black Knights and elevating them from independent whoa, to the whoa, Big whoa, Ten. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> no disrespect to the troop, <laughs> but no. Army plays Ohio State uh, every couple years or so. This is yeah. This would just be a natural cultural fit. No. 
<laughs> they meet the academic requirements big time. No. Rutgers out, Army in. Uh, in the Big 12, I'm also kicking out Kansas. I'm welcoming SMU to rejoin some of its former Southwest Conference foes. And then, uh, yeah, Pac-12. I, I, want, I wish that I could have been uh, a little bit more creative, but... I mean, if you pick anybody other than Boise, I think that it's you're just you're trying to be difficult because Boise State's the the best group of five program I think the of the last decade plus. Colorado, yeah, out of here. You know what? If we could just like, if we were allowed to move Power Five programs, something I would consider is the SEC takes on UCF and uh, somebody else who uh, maybe West Virginia. And then we push Arkansas and Missouri back to the Big 12. Iowa State leaves the Big 12, goes to the Big 10 to replace Rutgers. And then Colorado comes back to the Big 12. So now the Big 12 is back at 12 schools. Big 10 is still at 14. The SEC is at 13. I can't, we could figure out who the 14th team would be. Boise State replaces Colorado, so the Pac-12 is still at 12. Who would be the next SEC team? NC if State. If it's not West <laughs> Well, now the eight. No, wait, 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 wait. I moved West Virginia to the SEC. Yeah. Okay. So West Virginia is in the SEC. Houston then becomes the 12th Big 12 team or one of the Texas schools. And the ACC is pretty much the same. I mean, you, you have totally strayed from the idea of relegation. Now you're just like, like moving. You're playing I'm just fixing around the sport, is what I'm doing, sir. <laughs> the, like, the whole fun of relegation to me is the idea of, you know, Kansas moving down to the Sun Belt and then being forced to win its way out of it, or perhaps Kansas just slinking back into a perennially average Sun Belt team. And, and so, like, the, the actual dynamics of what a team would look like in a new setting and how much does the conference actually prop up the, the success of that team. Like, I just, I just think the relegation side of it is cool I'm less interested in the uh, conference realignment issue. I'll take what I get on the conferences. I, I just emailed you my relegation plan. I, I, I assure you that you will enjoy it and uh, you will okay. become a supporter and we will make it happen. It uh, has been good. a talking point in uh, around here locally that if App State were in the ACC Coastal, they would no doubt win that division this year. I think they could, but I also think that we're overestimating the talent at disadvantage that they would be. On a week-in, week-out basis? Yeah. Yeah. I think they would win some games. I think they would be competitive in the division, but everybody's competitive in the division. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, look at you, the but standings. But if they survive a year or two in the, in the ACC, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden they're recruiting, that they get recruits they would have never been able to get, and they could... They could slowly creep up the charts. Agreed. Um, okay, so DC Tiger 740 asks, is the Dino drop dead? Can't remember hearing it this season. Is the Carrier Dome no longer electric? Is Syracuse alive? I would ask DC Tiger. Do we think that Syrac- Syracuse has Boston College coming to the Dome the artist formerly known, known as Carrier Dome, uh, this Saturday. Is this Syracuse's last chance for a home win? Yes. Yeah, probably. This they're, be- not, they're not beating Wake, who is 
a dead man walking, according to Tom, and only in- inevitably <laughs> be playing group five dead. football for long. <laughs> I just think that the ACC has too many tiny private schools, and it could use an influx of the 70 billion UCF alums. As a tiny private school alum, I am uh, I take great offense to your approach here. But, but your your conference is built on being filled with tiny private schools. <laughs> the ACC is supposed to be a Power Five conference. All right, so BC this weekend in the Dome is <laughs> the last chance that Dino Babers has to get a home win this year. In my humble opinion. So because of that, I think we'll give the the Dino drop a run because it might Let's be our it. last chance. Let's roll it. Close your eyes for me. Visualize this. You're in the carrier dome. The house is filled. The feeling is electric. The noise is deafening. You have a defense that is relentless. You have a special team that has been well coached. Well coached. You have an offense that will not huddle. And you have a game that's faster than you've ever seen on turf. Open your eyes. That's going to be a reality. That's going to be Syracuse football. Game over. <laughs> Syracuse wins. That's it. It's a wrap, boys. BC, sorry. What's the spread in that game, at? Because I'm laying whatever it is. Syracuse <laughs> minus two and a half. Let's go, Orange. Hey, our bad. Our bad for not playing this earlier this year. Is because it our that's fault? probably been the problem here. <laughs> I That thing fires me up so much. It's it is no longer the Carrier Dome. It is the Dome this weekend, and this weekend only. It is the Alamo Dome because Woo! this is the Dino Babers Alamo. They get that W thanks to the drop. Dogs on top asks Northwestern and Rutgers playing a game with alternate rules, and the first to score seventeen points wins. Who wins and in how many overtimes? <laughs> Northwestern wins in regulation. <laughs> yeah, Northwestern. Th- that, that This is such disrespect to Northwestern. <laughs> Northwestern <laughs> is like a competent football team with a horrible offense. They can, they, they would, I, I, it's a shame they don't play this year, really. It, I'm sure you guys haven't read uh, Monday After yet, but my stat of the week was Northwestern was shut out by Iowa 20 nothing on Saturday, which amazingly was the first time they'd been shut out this year. But the point is that after seven games, Northwestern has now scored 75 points in seven games. There have been five teams who scored more than 75 points in a single game this year. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and one of them, wait, was one of them... Uh, one of them was Maryland. And one of was one of them Iowa State, or did they only get to seventy three. No, they only got to seventy two. I think okay. Maryland had seventy nine against Howard. Penn State had seventy nine against Idaho. The Cajuns had seventy seven against Texas. Southern. Ohio State 
Oregon had 77 against Nevada, and Ohio State had 76 against Miami of Ohio, and Northwestern has 75 against seven different teams. And don't forget, that is 76 unanswered, in uh, including a 42-point second quarter. Yes. Stupid. Uh, love, love. I know that the listeners are passionate not only about just sort of the show in general, but the spirit of the show. When you sign your name, on your five-star review, Brian Van Gorder. So yes. Brian Van Gorder <laughs> asks... What if it's really him? <laughs> well, if so, if so, then he's just trying to get his resume together because Brian Van Gorder asks, do you think Mark D'Antonio wins another Big Ten title? No. Emphatic no. Yeah. Might be a wrap in uh, East Lansing. Illinois might beat Michigan State. Hmm. Um, all right, a little bit of a, a bigger picture question. Uh, what teams are the closest to competing in the college football playoffs? Not perennial favorites, the teams that are close. So when I when I thought about perennial favorites, I basically I threw out Alabama Clemson, and even though they've had two years outside the playoff, I'm throwing out Ohio State, and even though they're not in every year, I'm throwing out Oklahoma. So the rest of it is kind of where I'm uh, opening this this up to. Does that sound? George is out. George is out, right? George is out. Yes. Yeah. So I was gonna uh, say if you didn't include Georgia, they were that guy was just gonna say we hate Georgia again. Uh, LSU, uh, the fast answer, I guess, just to go ahead and yeah. get things rolling. Yeah, LSU, I think is the obvious answer. I would go Penn State, not too far off. I agree. Agree. I think that they are a a quarterback away, and maybe Sean Clifford ends up being that QB. Um. I think Florida. I think uh, Barton's beloved Florida Gators are probably close. <laughs> I don't think Notre Dame's far off. Are they, we considering them? Uh, uh, well, I would say, I don't know. I guess I got a little bit of a bad Notre Dame taste in my mouth after this weekend. But sure, Michigan count. Sure, I guess you can say Notre Dame. Would we say Michigan is close? I don't think who's, Michigan's close. I think Oregon's who's closer, closer than to Michigan. being a perennial playoff team. Michigan or Notre Dame? Notre, Notre Dame. Dame, which is kind of wild to say, but I, I don't know that I disagree with that. Who's the Pac-12 team? Oregon. Oregon. I think Oregon is very much like that's a that's a tier one answer. I think because even, of the way they're recruiting. Yeah. Even with the latest Mario Cristobal example on Saturday night of punting <laughs> from the Washington State, what was it, the 33? Yeah. 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 Um, what Oregon is closer than Michigan. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think Oregon is, is right there with Penn State, Florida. And, and a lot of it has to do with not having, you know, Penn State and Ohio State in its way. Yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. I think non-top 25 team Texas – is is still very close because you got you have to keep in mind how much injuries they've dealt with this year mm-hmm. and the fact that they are recruiting at a, a different clip than they were a few years ago. So I still think Texas is is close. I uh, go ahead. I was gonna say and don't forget Illinois. They're on a two game win streak. So mm-hmm. yeah. so I, I'll be. I'm not putting Wisconsin in this. No. Yeah. Uh, I'm not either. And I'm not putting anyone else from the ACC in this. No. Man, Clemson's got it easy. <laughs> Would you put Washington in this? 
Yeah. Um, they're in the discussion. I just, I, they're not, I thought they were closer coming into the season than they clearly are. Yeah. I mean, they, you got to give them this. Like they had, they replace a ton on that defense. Mm-hmm. So. I think yeah. offensively Washington's in one of those situations like Georgia where maybe at some point they need to consider a philosophical change. But will they? Because mm-hmm. I, because you know, that's got to be similar to Georgia. Don't you think that the Washington offense kind of has some just sort of Chris Peterson mentality to it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, just, just want to protect the ball. You know, play good defense. Let's get this running game going. Let's keep it, keep it right there. Uh, baseball World Series is going to conclude this week. And Z Whitaker asks, with people for and against an 18 playoff, they are both for and against it, that is correct, and number five feeling left out, why don't they do a wild card win and get in between four and five? That seems a little unnecessary. Yeah, that then you've just expanded the playoff still. Yeah, if we're going to do an extra game, let's just... Go to six. Just, yeah. And then have the first two get a bye. But again, four teams is plenty, folks. It's plenty. Really? Yes. Oh, you're on the four team kick. Yes. yes. I don't know, man. I'm kind of think I'm on the. I, I, I mean, let's think of how bad the semifinals typically are. Let's think of how much better the two best teams in the country usually are between the teams behind them. There's a clear gap. So now we're throwing in eight teams just to give everybody a chance that wins a conference, which I get the logic behind, and then three, you know, quote unquote wild card at large bursts. So now we get to see Alabama or Clemson play like, you know, Appalachian State in the first round. Oh, wow, that's a game I really need to see. Alabama, a 38-point favorite in a playoff game. Ooh, that sounds terrific. So, I mean, maybe the, so then maybe it's six. Maybe it's power fives and an at-large. I, I am fine with four. I would very much prefer doing six to eight. Man. I, I mean, I don't disagree with with that, and I think football is 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 unique to baseball or basketball, where a team can just get hot and you can have some Cinderella story. Teams don't really just like uh, underdog teams don't just get hot. No, in football, uh, but I do think that giving, I mean, let's just say a UCF a chance, who has is undefeated blowing teams out we don't we don't really know like we don't really know that they would lose to these teams um or you know obviously there's all kinds of other scenarios and that we've seen where teams look like they deserve to get in i think a six could probably cover everybody my my other problem is also it's this isn't really a football or a logical problem it's just for me we spend too much damn time worried about the playoff as yes. it is. So, so now if we expand it to eight teams, it's like that's all anybody's ever going to care about. There is so much more to this sport that makes it great than which four teams make the playoff. That so, is 100% where I am. And it is a sport that has forever lent itself to not being fair. There are only four or five really good teams every season. A lot, of, Most of the time there ain't even that many. So I understand the idea of inclusion, but this isn't college basketball. There are no Cinderella runs. I the UCF sound, undefeated yeah. season is very few and far between. I sound like Bill Hancock 
and all those older uh you know defenders of the game i sound so much older than i am but i really do think that it devalues the regular season and all we're going to talk about is the playoffs and the playoff spots and Mm -hmm. i think that that really ignores a lot of what i like i really like the regular season i like the ups and downs and just the the survival mode of it and man by the time the playoffs do come and by the time the national championship game comes i'm exhausted I'm tired. Like the football season as it exists, I think gives us everything we need. I never find myself wanting more by the end. And another way to think of it without expanding the playoff, the playoffs already started. Right. If you look, I mean, Georgia's playing Florida this weekend. The loser's out. Penn State's playing Minnesota a couple weeks. The loser's probably out because if Penn State loses to Minnesota, it's not going to recover. If Minnesota gets a loss, it's not going to get in. Then you've got Ohio State, Penn State. The loser of that game will be out. Alabama, LSU. Well, okay, the loser of that we can't say is out. <laughs> it's got a chance. You know what I mean? It's This will all be settled. And I just feel like the call for eight happens a lot more in October when everybody thinks that there's a lot more deserving teams. And then by the time we get to the end of November, it's kind of like, oh, well, no, okay. They're, the argument is always between fourth and fifth. If we change to eight, it's just going to be between eight and nine. Nothing will change. The teams that are going to win are going to win. That's really all there is to it. Any rebuttal, Barton? Uh, no, I mean, no, I don't have, I mean, I just, I, I just think that uh, there is enough. It's not about one and two. It's about what who's the right three and four and who's the right five and six, potentially. You know what I mean? Like it's it's we all typically know who the best team is. But I think it's a it the I mean it wasn't that long ago where like there the, there wasn't even a national title game. It was just we're all in like bowls and like you get lucky if you get one versus two. And so I think the idea that this upends the whole system by adding another game or two is is a little antiquated. It's like, wh- why don't we just accept that, you know, playoffs typically aren't four teamers. Like we, we can add a couple more teams to, to cover all the worthy participants. Um, and it won't feel that weird. Like it won't be that big of a deal. And in some ways, I think if you add a sixth, I think that reemphasizes the regular season more because then it helps more teams still have a fighting chance to get in for longer as opposed to now where it's just if it's only four and you know Clemson's going to win out and you know SEC champion is going to get in and you know Big Ten champions are going to get in then there's really only a couple teams that are still playing for it true I, I think that we talk like I, I think that we're do, like we are part of the problem I just I want to I would want to make sure that the entire college football season doesn't boil down to um, who's going to be in the playoff. Mm-hmm. Now, Barton, how about this proposal? What if we had five different four-team playoffs? Why would we do that? Read my relegation pro- proposal and find out. After the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. He is Barton Simmons. You can follow him on Twitter at Barton Simmons. You can follow him at Tom Fernelli. Remember that you can get your question in for a future Mailbag Monday. You do it by leaving a five-star review. Put your question in there, and we will add it to the mailbag. Uh, gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you.
Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. Let's have all the, oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramount Plus.